Talking about God as a as a father is good. We're going to talk a little bit about um, talk a little bit about parenting today, and some grandparenting thrown in. And so I invited Robin to join me again. Robin is um, awesome, and she's my wife. And so and hey, and a mom, <laughs> and she's an she's an incredible parent and mom to our three boys. We have three boys, and. Um, Life gets a little crazy in our house sometimes. Uh-huh. It gets complicated. It gets complicated. <laughs> Parenting is complicated. Can I get an amen in the congregation? Parenting is complicated. Last night, so we were decorating our Christmas tree. You can judge us if you will. It's fine. Decorating our Christmas tree. <laughs> and Robin has organized our Christmas ornaments. We each have a little um, bin, bin mm-hmm. a Tupperware bin with all of our personal ornaments. So each of the kids has a bin, and we have bins. And so last night she said, here's the instructions. She said, you can pick 10 ornaments out of your bin for the tree this year because we've got so many ornaments in there. That we've collected through the years. Yes. There's so many. And last night became complicated as we chose and placed. And the kids, you know, one of the kids who wanted to get done really quick put all his right here. Like, they're all 10 right here. And Robin's like, you got to spread it. three ornaments on one branch. And um, (laughs) I took my uh, Clark Griswold um, ornament that talks and put it up next to the star in the center of of the tree because that's where he deserves to reside. (laughs) He has his little moose cup in his hand. It's awesome. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about parenting, and then we're going to get into just some, a practice of Thanksgiving that we're going to do together as a church, which I'm excited about. But parenting is complicated, and we, we, we found some, um, some resounding amens with the idea that parenting is complicated, and we just wanted to see if we're all in alignment here. Yeah. So um, I thought these were good. We had a lot of fun finding memes this week that we kept texting back and forth to each other. And so um, this is a mom said, I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. He doesn't hear anything. <laughs> Hashtag, why can't he hear the crying? Is, that any, is there truth in that, moms? I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, I, I don't think our kids ever woke up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Um, okay, here's a, this one's funny for um, the people who like to cook. But throwback pic to when my kids ate whatever I made for dinner without complaining. <laughs> the last time your kid did not complain with dinner. Um, this is a parenting fail that I found that I thought was perfect, and I agree. I love hearing about parents teaching their kids a second language while we're over here trying to get our kid to quit licking the driveway. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody <laughs> been there? Like, oh. our friends are, like, teaching their kids Japanese, and <laughs> ours are licking the driveway, trying to figure out what flavor of the month has fallen to the floor. Um, and then I, we wanted to give you a parenting hack today. And so here's the parenting hack. There are no hacks. Everything is hard. Kids no longer listen. This is your life. Godspeed. God <laughs> Something like that, right? That's the parenting hack that we don't have. Okay, okay. Um, but we said this a couple weeks ago that parenting, uh, like marriage is complicated. Parenting in a similar way is complicated because we come from different worlds. Rob and I come from different worlds. If you're a parent... You and your spouse come from different worlds, and you had different examples of parenting. You had different expectations for what parenting would be like. And um, our parents raised us very, very differently. Di- very different. I mean, we both yeah. grew up in the church, but our, the parenting styles were very different. And so we both approach parenting from such a different perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I feel like parenting has brought so much growth 
in each other. We've learned to be flexible, and we've learned so much from each other. But it's complicated. It's hard. Yeah, it's Parenting hard. Is, is just hard. It's hard, but so rewarding. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we said a couple, a couple weeks ago that I just think we need to repeat, and I think this is for all, all of us, wherever you are in life, you don't even have to be a parent for this to be true, is that we all have brokenness and pain in our lives, and if we ignore the brokenness and pain, if we're not honest about those things, and if we don't dig into the, the, the challenges, the pain, what's happened to us in the past, then we tend to pass that along to someone else. You've heard that hurt people hurt people. This is multiplied or magnified when it comes to marriage and parenting, right? Mm -hmm. That parents and grandparents, this is true for grandparents as well, when we, when we try to ignore the realities that are in our lives, the pain and the brokenness, oftentimes that is just multiplied into our children's lives. And we hand to them. Now, all of us, none of us are perfect. There is no perfect parenting. Let's get that on the table. There's no perfect parenting. Um, and we will all give our kids baggage to walk through life with. It's a matter of helping them learn to um, handle and deal with the baggage that we do uh, pass on to them. Robin and I have often said, rather than saving for our parents or for our kids' uh, education in the future, we're just going to save for counseling because they're going to need <laughs> they're going to need a little bit of that, yeah. right? Right. They need, yeah. They will. Yes. <laughs> um, so as we were talking about this week in parenting, um, we kind of narrow. I mean, there are so many things to talk about, right? But we kind of narrowed it down to five things that. We've been working on as we love and parent and lead our kids. And, um, and we're a long way. Long way. From, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we need a lot of grace. So we need tons of grace. And it's, we're a work in progress. We, we want to start some our conversations. Our kids are over there and you can ask them. They'll yeah, tell you exactly. All of our kids are here today, <laughs> which is scary. Yeah. Um, one of the challenges when it comes to parenting, when you look at Scripture, if you read the Old Testament, which you should read your stinking Bible. I say that every now and then. Read your stinking Bible. There's some good stuff in there. One of the challenges when you read the Old Testament is so many of the families that you read about in the Old Testament are dysfunctional. They're a mess, which should give us hope. In life. <laughs> and we, we often say this about the Bible, is it's, it's one unified story all pointing us to, to Jesus and our need for Jesus. And so I want to start, uh, as we get into these, these, um, these, these five ideas um, that maybe can help us, I want to start with some words of Jesus. And Jesus gets to his, his final night with his disciples, and he says to them, as kind of their marching orders, so I want to, this is parenting. If you miss everything else, don't miss this. I think this is so key for parenting, as it is true in all of life. Jesus says this to his disciples, a new commandment I want to give to you. Love one another, and he could have stopped right there, but he didn't. Love one another as I have loved you. Now think about this. How did Jesus love his disciples? How did he love his disciples? Um, he was sacrificial, right? He gave up his life. Um, he had just washed their feet, which Cameron talked about last week. He washed their feet. So there was, there was humility. There was sacrifice. There was um, practical love expressed to them. Think about the patience of Jesus with his disciples. Think about the patience of Jesus. Parents? I'm preaching it myself right now because <laughs> I'm one of the most impatient people. Like, how important is patience when it comes to parenting? And patience is, is a um, 
a representation of the way that we love our kids. Mm -hmm. And grandparents, the same is true for grandparents. Our love must be patient and humble and sacrificial. And there are things, grandparents, you have, um, you have such a powerful voice in the lives of your grandkids, more than you'll ever know, more than you'll ever know. Pa grandparents, don't, like, don't stop yet. Your job isn't, isn't done. Like, don't stop, grandparents. There's so much for your voice to be multiplied into the lives of your grandchildren. We were laughing because we were like, um, you know, I've, I've learned one reason um, our grandparents, our, the kids' grandparents and the kids get along so well is that they have a common enemy in their lives. <laughs> um, so, okay, so let's go to the five, uh, the, these, these five ideas. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the very first one is just build a foundation and for me, um, you know, I feel, I've said this before in years past, that I feel like I found Jesus in my parenting because I don't know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> and I felt like there was no book, you know, except God's word that could give me the wisdom and that could give me the direction that I needed to love and lead my kids. And so I would say the first thing in building a foundation is to pray over your kids by name every day. And seek God as for praying for our wisdom and praying for their wisdom. Yeah. Um, and I think even something practical, um, parents and grandparents, that you could actually do today is write the names of each one of your children on a piece of paper and cut it out and put it on your mirror in the bathroom. You should brush your teeth every day. You teach your kids <laughs> that. You should do the same. And as you brush your teeth every morning and you see those names, just say a prayer for them while you're brushing your teeth. I mean, that's just a simple, practical thing that you can do to remind yourself how important it is just to lift your kids and your grandkids up before God. And you, you'll never know what that prayer will mean to your grandkids mm -hmm. and how important that will be in their lives. Second thing, not just prayer, modeling. Now, I'm going um, to stand up for a second. <laughs> parents, and I'm learning this more and more. Parents, parents, parents. What we model as parents is building the foundation for our kids that they will live their lives in the future. And I cannot overemphasize this. My voice is getting louder because I don't want you to miss this point, this idea, and I'm preaching at myself here. If you want to know what your kids are going to live out in their lives, look at what you're doing today. Look at what you're doing today. If you want to teach your kids wise financial stewardship or management, whatever you want to call it, if you're not a good financial manager or steward, your kids will probably not be. Now, there might be a miracle. God might come down from the sky and fix their checkbook and do all of that. But if you don't practice what you want to see in your kids, it is highly unlikely that they are going to take that on on their own. Does that make sense? Can I sit back down again maybe? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just want to talk about this. Parents, be, we have to be careful, and I'm learning this myself. I, this is not something I have figured out. But listen, when we say to our children, this is what adults do, what you are doing in that moment is you are creating a roadway for them, a path for them to pursue whatever it is that you're not wanting them to do in that moment. Does that make sense? If I say to my kids, hey, this is what adults do, I'm creating in their mind a pathway, and listen, 
when do kids um, wake up and decide that they're adults? Yeah, at 13, exactly. <laughs> so they're not, but they think they are, which means whatever we've said to them, this is what adults do, when they're 13, 14, 15, they're gonna work as hard as they can to do what adults do. So if adults, if, well, I gotta be careful, I'm gonna step on toes. <laughs> Adults, whatever it is that we're doing and telling our kids this is what adults do, we're laying a foundation for them to build upon in the mm -hmm. future. We've got to be mm -hmm. so careful. It's one of the reasons we talk about church as being so important. And it's not just because we're here a lot. It's, it's because if you want your kids to grow up with a faith foundation and pursue that in the future, you better be putting that down in the foundation in their earliest years. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So prayer, modeling behavior. And... To, to that, I wanted to say normalizing loving touch and um, connection that way and yeah. abundantly present, you know, normalizing your presence in their lives. And that's just what mom and dad do. They're here. Um, you've encouraging been so, words. You've been so good at this. Like with me, I'm not just naturally physical. And some of you in the church have wondered, like, you've tried to give me a hug from time to time. And it's just like, it's just uncomfortable sometimes to me. I'm just not physical. But she's helped me so much, like... Give the kids a hug. When Connor comes home from college, she's like, go hug your son. And um, I need sometimes that reminder because it's just not natural to me. But now this is so comfortable. Um, I'm just going to sit like this. Um, with, with our kids, that now it's just natural for me to give our kids hugs. And we want them to do that when they come home. And don't you want your kids to hug you when they come home? And yeah, so like you've got to build a foundation now so that mm -hmm. in the future they live that out and being intentional. Yes. Yep. Um, just a couple quick verses that I think are so powerful. In Deuteronomy, um, God with his people is kind of laying a foundation. He's saying, repeat these things, the commandments, the things of God again and again to your children. Talk about them. And he wants us to talk about these things, spiritual things, all the time. Talk about them at home and on the road. Talk about them when you go to bed, but also when you get up. Like, talk about these things all the time. Like, start to lay a foundation, build that foundation, and continue. And grandparents, this is where you can play a huge role as well, is that sometimes we as parents get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. Like, you can come in and help solidify that foundation by the ways that you're speaking life into your grandkids. Yeah, yeah. the second point kind of goes along with that, um, that we work toward is choosing words carefully. And what that yeah. means to me, like if I would give you a definition, I think Matt would have a different definition. To me, that's speaking life into our kids. It's, it's who do you want to become and who are you now and what are we doing to get to that person? And it's, speaking about the gifts that you see in your kids and encouraging that and who we see them becoming in their character and encouraging that good character, that to me is um, speaking life into them. Yeah. How many of you remember cassette tapes? Does anybody remember cassette <laughs> tapes? Yeah, they're relics. Uh, they're old. You could record on them and, and you could record over them and all that. And sometimes your brother recorded over your top nine at nine album and it was terrible. And um, <laughs> So think about cassette tapes for a minute. And think about permanent cassette tapes. Parents and grandparents, we are putting in the minds of our kids permanent cassette tapes, recordings of our words. I'm sure that if you think back, you can remember something that was said to you by your parents. I remember as a teenager, my dad, who is so verbally affectionate, said to me, Robin, you're being a jerk. And I was like, 
what? You know, but I remember that. That was 25 years ago. Does your dad even know you? But also, along with, I mean, my dad hardly ever says stuff like that to me. He, there are so many loving things that I can recall that he has said to me, that he has said, leaving a voicemail to me when I was in college that said, I love you more than all the grains of sand on the beach. You know, I'll never forget that. Yeah. I'll never forget his love for me. Those texts, mm -hmm. those phone calls, parents and grandparents, just record those tapes into the minds of your children. They will remember it. Those will be the things they remember. So whatever you want them to remember, just keep recording. Just keep recording into their minds. Um, I love this Proverbs that says, uh, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're giving your kids, it's either going to be poison or, or fruit, and uh, we get to decide. The third thing, and we'll work through these last three fairly quickly, but the idea um, here is widening their perspective, helping widen the perspective of our kids. What is true for you growing, when you were growing up and, and for me and for Robin is that we believe the world is our world. Now go with me. Oftentimes we have blinders on to the realities that are out there and we believe the world is our world. And parents, part of our job, grandparents, part of our job is to widen the perspective of our kids and I don't think I can overemphasize this as well, that part of the division in our world today and in our country is due to parents not helping widen the perspective of their children and understanding that their perspective is not the only perspective. That's that fair. we have to listen and learn to a broader voice that has experiences outside of our own experiences. And, so know, important. And for when you, know, when you have little kids, Helping to broaden that is when they come home and say, this kid was so mean to me, and he's always so mean to me. And to bring it back to, well, why, why do you think they're mean? What do you think's going on in their heart? What do you think's going on in their home? And widening the perspective of this kid isn't just mean, there's probably other things contributing to that. And that's the beginning. That's the beginning of that perspective that as they become an adult saying, oh my gosh, you've come from a totally different background. You've been raised a totally different way than I have. And so your beliefs and your perspective on things make sense. Even though it doesn't make sense to me, I understand that you have yeah. a different perspective. Yeah, so widening those perspective, the, if you think about those blinders, trying to get those blinders out wider. It doesn't mean that we accept everything or that we speak that everything is true, but the reality is people have different experiences than we have mm -hmm. right here, and we need to help our kids see that. One of the things you can do for your kids that so valuable is to take them on a mission trip. Some of you did this uh, not long ago. You took your kids to Mexico and worked for a week um, down in, uh, where was that? Rocky Point or something like that, and we, we helped build some houses, and um, that, those are great things to help widen the perspectives uh, of our kids. Oh, this next one. Okay, so number four is normalize conversations. And this is probably as they grow older. Yeah. You know, we're kind of in the middle of normalizing conversations. And that's talking about the difficult, the hard things, um, talking about faith and who they're becoming. I'm talking about their faith versus our faith. And as they're coming into their own faith and what that means. Yeah, I, I had certain things that were off limits as a kid that we just could not talk about in a public or in, in our family around the table. Um, one of those things that we just never talked about, and I'm just going to be really honest and transparent, we never talked about sex. We just never talked about it. 
And so it was not a normal conversation, which meant when I had questions, I didn't go to my parents because they didn't talk about it. I went to my friends, and they were brilliant. <laughs> they had all kinds of things to share with me. And as I thought back on that, we said we want to we normalize that conversation in now, our family. So that it is awkward. And it's I, super awkward. Uh, yeah, it, even me just talking about yeah. it now, my kids are going to be so upset that I even said that. But <laughs> we've tried to normalize the conversation so that when questions arise, they, they feel comfortable asking us about hard things. Mm -hmm. So as you as, as you as parents are sitting around the dinner table, try to normalize some things that you hope that they'll talk to you about in the future. Like just normalize those conversations. Talk about them so much that they just, you know, it, it just is there. It's in the present. So, yep. yeah, okay. Number five is increase proximity. And I feel like we've discovered as they get older, our presence is even more necessary. And so just being present, you know, expecting family dinners together. It's not like, hey, are we having dinner together? It's, hey, what's for dinner? You know, we, it, it's important that we have that time. You know, we've got 21, 17, and um, almost 12-year-old. Like, our kids are going to be gone before we know it. And so those dinners and that time together weekly are so important. Yeah, just the physical mm -hmm. presence. Andy Stanley says this, that relationships are built on small, consistent deposits of time. Like, relationships are built on these small de deposits of time. You can't cram for what's most important. Like, you can't get to the, your child's senior year and cram all your presence into those moments. Um, and he says this, I love this, if you want to connect with your kids, you've got to be available consistently, not randomly. And so that consistent presence with your kids is, is so important, especially, yeah. like you said, as they, as they get a little bit, mm -hmm. um, as they get a little bit older. Right. Yeah. Um, I, we, Matt shared this quote with me this week, and it's, um, there really are places in your heart you don't know exist until you love a child. And um, I, for me, my greatest honor and greatest blessing, I don't want to cry, <laughs> is being a mom to our three boys. I love them more than anything, and I care so much about who they're becoming. And my daily prayer is that they would follow hard after Jesus their whole life long. So, um, yeah. It's hard, and it's wonderful, and um, it's complicated, but there's this one verse that I've been, it's been like coming back to me over the last few months, and it's um, Galatians 6, 9, and it said, um, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a, bless a harvest of blessing if we don't give up, and so my encouragement to you and myself is don't give don't up. Don't give up, yeah. Keep praying over your kids. Keep being present. Keep showing up. Keep talking about faith. Keep talking about Jesus. Keep talking about the hard things and just love well because these years are fleeting. And before you know it, they're going to be 21 and adulting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How, many, how, how many of you um, in the room look back and you think, man, I wish I could go back. And all of us, right? I wish I could just go back. Mm -hmm. And one more time holding them or one more time running or one more time kicking the soccer ball or throwing the football or one more time at the piano or, one, you know, one more time at the Thanksgiving table or one more time, you know, all of that is true. But the reality is when you're in the middle of it, it feels like forever, doesn't it, parents? Mm -hmm. Those of you who are in the middle of it, it feels like forever. Don't give up. Don't give up. And, and, I, and I'll say this, and some of you might not believe in this, and that's okay, um, the enemy 
wants to sidetrack you in your parenting. The enemy wants to sidetrack you in your parenting, and he wants you to give up. But the future of your children and, and your grandchildren is worth so much more than whatever freedom you might find by taking your hands off the wheel. Just don't give up yet. Just keep, keep going. There's going to be a, a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Speaking of that, the <laughs> harvest of blessing, I'm just going to transition us to a, just a, a minute of giving thanks to God because I think it's important on this week that we are intentional about thinking about our good, good father and the goodness that he's, he's given us. And I think there's, there's two different, um, you come from maybe two different perspectives today. One, it's been tough. It's been a tough year for you. And for many, that's true. There's been sickness and job stuff and movement and things you didn't expect, all of that. Um, Paul wrote this, don't worry about anything. That's easy to say, right? Uh, he wrote this in jail, which I think is important. He says, don't, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray just about everything. Everything that's on your mind, just give that to God. Just pray in that. And then he says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Sometimes what we need in the middle of darkness is to remember the light that we've experienced in the past. And that, it, it, it will, we will then experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will then guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So thanksgiving in the midst of difficulty can sometimes bring us to a place of peace, which is beautiful. So that might be your perspective today. Other people, your perspective might be, it's been, the, it's been a banner year, best year I've ever had in my life. I can't, even, I can't even talk about all the goodness that I've had this year. Some of you are living, like you're living the dream right now. And you're like, it's just so good. In the Old Testament, um, through the... Through the life of Moses, these are the words that we have. Make sure that when you eat and are satisfied, that's going to be most of us on Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. right? We're going to eat and be satisfied. When you build pleasant homes and you settle in and you see herds and flocks just multiply, grow bigger and bigger and bigger, watch your standard of living going up and up and up. Make sure that you don't become so full of yourself and your things that you forget God. Mm -hmm. And so some of us walk in today, it's been so good. And I want to encourage you not to forget God. God is the giver of all good gifts. All good gifts come from heaven. And your hard work is important. Your pursuit after the right thing, all that's important. But don't forget the God who gave you the mind and the heart and the strength to do whatever it is that you do. So this Thanksgiving, whether you're walking through difficulty or good, turn your mind and your heart to God and give thanks to him.